Hey Siri, play Social Geek Radio. Okay, Social Geek Radio podcast coming up. Hello geeks and welcome to Social Geek Radio. I'm Jack Munson, your host and social media conciliary. Today's guest is Danessa Itaya, and today's episode is brought to you by Thrive, Northeast Color, and our newest sponsor here on The Geek, Ularity. Danessa Itaya is the president of Property Management, Inc. I've known her for quite a few years now, but I think this is the first time you've joined me on the podcast. Is that right, Danessa? It is. It is. I don't know how that happened. I feel like we're both, uh, well, you are definitely a legend. So uh, oh, brother. thanks for having me. Yeah, no, I think the uh, the the icon is on your side. I, I think we uh, we just probably uh, cross each other in the airports too often. Uh, so it's it's kind of nice to be winding the year down and actually getting a chance to chat with a few people. It is. It is. It's it's great to see people face to face and and be able to hop on a phone call or a Zoom. Yeah, yeah, and and it was nice to see you again. Uh, wow, what was that? About three, four weeks ago, we were at the franchise leadership and development show in Atlanta, and uh, I, I think I think I've gotten to see about everybody who I haven't seen now in almost two years. <laughs> That's great. That's great. That was a great show. Uh, just always love that show as well as some of the other franchise update shows that go on this year. Have you been traveling much uh, through the the pandemic and the lockdown, or or was that sort of your your first foray back into franchise events? So that was my first uh, event back uh, in our in the franchising world. But we've been doing a lot of personal travel, and then. For work, we've we've still uh, traveled a bit as as it was allowed and as it was safe to do that. But it is nice to see our friends and and a year is a long time. I think I think you don't realize how long a year is <laughs> until you you don't get to see your friends anymore. <laughs> right, right. Everybody looked a year or two older. I, I don't know what happened. Um, so I want to talk today about uh, some trends we're we're looking at for the coming year. But before we go there, give us a little background on your yourself. What's your story? Absolutely. Thanks for asking. Uh, so I like to tell people that I, I grew up in franchising. Uh, I think my first real job was in franchising. I worked for uh, Service Brands International, which back then was just Molly made. And yeah. I, I essentially learned how learned all about franchising uh, there. And so it was a great opportunity. I was there for about 19 years. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I tell people that I've been in franchising for about 28 years, I it, it makes me feel very old. Uh, <laughs> no, so, they, they, they start doing the math and they're like, wait a minute, that's not even possible. How, what, what, how old were you when you started in junior high? So, right. <laughs> right. That's exactly what I do. <laughs> so you were but, with SBI for several years and then, yes. uh, and then where to after that? Yeah. So, so then I had the opportunity to um, go into a startup, join with a, a company called uh, Premium Franchise Brands, which mm-hmm. then owned uh, Jan Pro. And then they were starting out Made Right as a master franchise concept. And so I joined them for about five years and uh, loved it. And that's what brought me to Atlanta and really enjoyed that. Uh, and then uh, they were they were sold, and um, at the same time, I was I was approached by and um, with an opportunity to join PMI Property Management Inc. here in Utah. And my parents have always wanted us to move 
further west and closer to them. And the opportunity was just really, really exciting um, as we looked at, you know, the ability to franchise property management, but not just the traditional property management, but also association management and short term management, which is really, really hot these days. So, so tell me more about this brand. It, it seems yeah. like this is a very unique type of franchise that doesn't really fit into a lot of the categories that we typically think about in franchising. You're absolutely right. We, uh, you know, as we look at uh, PMI and one of the things that attracted me to it the most is, you know, you always tell people um, when you're looking at your financial well-being is to, to have a diversified portfolio. And I feel like that's what this business model does. And we saw that we saw that exemplified uh, during the, the pandemic, you know, when we saw that, um, you know, uh, short term our short term rental pillar, uh, you know, those predominantly focused on, on, uh, you know, Airbnb and, and that kind of management, you know, people stopped traveling, you know, doing their weekend stints or their week away. But what we saw was really interesting is that they were doing, um, they were going for two, three, four months Mm. because during COVID we all worked remotely. And so all we needed was really good internet. And so what we found is people were going to uh, Grand Teton National Park. They were going to uh, Zion National Park. They were going and and spending months there, and uh, being able to work and school from there. And so it was it was a unique change. And, and so many of our short term franchisees uh, were able to uh, you know shift some of their their rentals to more of a long term. Uh, long-term rental there. Uh, same thing with residential, you know, residential, we found that that during COVID, you know, during the times of um, uh, eviction moratoriums and things mm-hmm. like that, that that we found that our, our uh, tenants were actually paying their rent on time uh, and they're making a a concerted effort to pay on time. And so we saw that more and more people pay their rent on the first of the month than we saw in non-COVID times. Interesting. So it was, right, right. I mean, who would have been able to predict that? Um, we saw that our rent collection was still very high. Uh, and so with that, I think many of our our owners or our, our, our the folks who um, own the properties were being flexible. They understood that, you know, some of these folks haven't worked or, or can't work. Uh, and so for that, they were able to make accommodations. Do so, you feel like some of those habits or, or, uh, you know, living habits that, that the customers of your franchisees developed over the COVID period, do you think that's going to stick or are we going to kind of immediately shift back to 2018, 2019 type things? You know, it's a good question. It's a good question. Um, I think there are a couple things that are um, that are going to drive that. One is going to be what uh, what um, vacancy rates are mm-hmm. uh, for uh, for housing, and it's going to vary by market. You know, you look at your Denver market, and uh, affordable housing is is tough in Denver, and so for that, uh, you may have owners that can be pretty selective about who they can bring in as tenants. 
and they may not need to be very forgiving. But then you look at some other markets like Indianapolis, where, um, you know, kind of we're headed into a season where um, vacancy rates are probably a little bit higher than other times in the year. And so for that, you may see that they'll continue to be really flexible and, and work with uh, work with the tenants. Ultimately, you know, you hope that that everybody's able to work out a, a solution there, especially since it's their, their housing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see, do you see this as very sort of regionally focused what the issues are? And, and, you know, I think we all have this idea that, you know, half of California is moving to Utah and the other half of California is moving to Texas and everyone from the Northeast is moving to Florida, right? It, it, does that sort of follow the same pattern of what you're seeing with franchisees or, or is that uh, more of a myth than a reality for your franchisees? You know, it's interesting. Uh, we do see, we we see very similar trends like that. Um, we see that because we see it in our, our housing market here in Utah. Mm -hmm. I mean, they can't, they cannot build fast enough. Yeah. And, uh, and it's reflected in the housing prices as well, uh, which, you know, I think all of us have considered putting our houses up for sale um, over this past summer here. We couldn't yeah. buy anything, but we could that's definitely the, it, sell. That's the problem there, right? Like, well, I, I <laughs> You know, wow, we can get a really good price for this, but where we want to go to, uh, that's going to be steep as well. So, um, yeah. but yeah, yeah, depending upon what stage of life someone is in, that that could be a, an interesting move. But so you're seeing sort of those same uh, migration trends that that we're seeing, you know, in in the media every day. Yeah, yeah, we we see that, and then the other thing we we're seeing, um, which is. Uh, perhaps unique to the, the property management industry, but we also see a consolidation of the industry as well. And so you see some of these bigger um, companies coming in and buying up some of the smaller property management companies, the mom pops. And, and so with that, we've been really focused on conversions mm. and attracting folks who want to compete against some of these bigger names out there, but just need the systems and the processes behind it. And, and so conversions has been actually a, a very successful um, growth vehicle for us because, you know, our ability to take people who already understand property management, but just don't know how to get into the short-term pillar or, or maybe association management. They want to do that, but they just don't have the systems and processes. And so the ability to join PMI and have all of that ready to go for them in a turnkey system um, but they found that to be very, very helpful, but then also very profitable for their business because now they've, they've, you know, they've got better systems and they've, you know, they're able to take advantage of some of our buying power. And uh, so they find that um, all in all, it's a good partnership. Back in a moment after this word from Northeast Color. Northeast Color produces branded interior decor and custom signage solutions for the franchise industry with a special focus on value engineering. They work with franchisors to re-engineer their existing signage packages to lower costs on materials, shipping, and installation, all while maintaining the integrity of their client's brand. In short, Northeast Color literally makes things better. Learn more now at northeastcolor.com. Where do you see 
real estate and property management, especially going in 2022? It, it, it feels like you guys are growing right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're having, I mean, um, we, the past four to five years have been really, really good to PMI. And, uh-huh. you know, part of it is, is our offering. Um, we're, we're the only ones that offer, you know, four pillars plus brokerage uh, in our offering. And so that's, that's also attractive, the ability to, to continue to grow your business without having to open multiple locations. Mm. I think it's attractive to a, a candidate. Um, but the other thing is we look at some of the trends uh, in the industry. Obviously, we talked a little bit about the housing market. Um, but what you see also, um, we'll, we'll start to see that normalize a bit more in 2022. You know, I mean, we knew that this couldn't couldn't continue right. um, to, to realistically, um, uh, I mean, it would dramatically impact the market. But as we start to see that normalize, we'll start to see a little bit more of what we saw prior to that big increase in home values. Um, but what we have is um, are more and more real estate investors, and they're younger and younger. And so you you see that um, you know it's not uncommon to have these um, millennials uh, who own a property, but not as their as their primary home. Mm. You know they they um, have multiple homes all over you know, the United States and, and they're happy to invest them. And so they're looking for property managers to manage them. So um, we see that real estate investors are becoming a bigger piece there. We know that that uh, there's a growing market there and we love that. We love seeing that. The other piece uh, that we're looking at and that we see a trend in is our short-term rentals. Uh, you know, um, I was raised on, you know, when we did family vacations, we either camped and then a, a special treat was probably staying, you know, all, all seven or eight of us, you know, hanging out in a motel six yeah. hotel room. <laughs> and uh, I think, I think we may be from the same family when it comes to that. Yeah. That, that right? was, or, or once in a while, the real big splurge, maybe a holiday in with a swimming pool. <laughs> right. Right. A swimming pool. <laughs> And uh, as we see uh, travelers change, uh, change their habits, uh, you know, renting out a home um, is becoming more and more of, um, of the norm. And I know as a family, for our family, it's, it, you know, when you've got two, uh, either teenage kids or young adult kids, plus us and, and mother-in-law, um, it's nice to have a home. It's nice that you can cook. It's nice to have, yeah. you know, um, a place where you guys can all hang out together than, sitting on top of each other in a hotel room or, or camping. And so we're seeing a big increase there in, uh, in travel behavior. And so short-term rentals are, are um, becoming a, you know, one it's, it's glamorous. I mean, who doesn't want to be a a host and it's kind of like the, the Airbnb or the bed and breakfast, you know, that we used to stay at and, and the ability to um, really get involved with the hospitality of it. So, so it's, it's not just the, the big ski resort towns or the vacation towns, you know, you'd be amazed at, at some of the areas that we're finding short-term rentals, um, as well as, you know, um, during COVID, a lot of traveling nurses, uh, things like that, that, who were looking for short-term rentals and didn't want to stay in a hotel for months at a time. And, and I think short-term rentals could continue to do really well. Um, 
I was just looking at some stats on the, our current inflation situation and the number one increase in costs over the past two years uh, is in hotel rooms. You know, just the, the the massive increase in the cost of a hotel room, whether it's in some ski resort or just, you know, something for business travelers, it's um, it's making that short term rental look pretty efficient and attractive these days. Yeah, it, it really is. It really is. So so it's a good it's a good industry to be in. We're, we're thankful yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah. And another good industry to be in is franchising overall. Uh, where do you see franchising going in the next year? Any any big opportunities out there for franchisors, or maybe some threats that you're seeing that you're um, you know kind of keeping your eye on, and, and maybe would warn people to watch out for? Yeah, yeah. So as it relates to franchising. Um, you know, it's again, this past year, I think year, year and a half uh, for COVID um, because because of our model and it's it's COVID sh- proved that it was recession resistant or mm-hmm. COVID resistant, um, which uh, I think is is great for, for us. And I think we'll continue to see that. And I think we'll see that overall across across the um, franchising industry is that people are are excited about getting into business on their own, shaking up the, you know, I think COVID kind of helped us all refocus and say, Hey, what are we doing with our life? What do we want to do when we grow up? (laughs) And um, now is the time. There's no better time than to be your own boss and to live where you want to live, not just where you have to live. Uh, And so franchising offers that, uh, that ability to do that. Um, as it relates to, uh, you know, as we look at into our crystal ball and say, where is franchising headed and, and what are things that we should watch out for? You know, I think the the interesting thing as we look at um, some of these new companies and these new brands is they're heavy, heavy tech. And, uh, you know, as we look at um our brands and we look at how we bring things to market, you know, I think technology is playing a bigger piece into it. Um, what is, even for us as a brand, you know, how are we using technology to uh, d- differentiate ourselves from the, from our competitors? And how is it scalable? And how, you know, as our consumer becomes more and more savvy and a higher expectation for immediacy, um, but excellent customer service. Uh, I believe that technology is going to play a big piece in that. Excellent. Thank you for that. And before we go, if any of our listeners have additional questions for you or they want to learn a little bit more about PMI, where can we send them? Absolutely. They can reach out to propertymanagementinc.com, visit our website, or they can reach out directly to me at Danessa, D-A-N-E-S-S-A at propertymanagementinc.com. Before we go, a quick word from Thrive. Thrive is an end-to-end client experience software for growing franchise brands. With their turnkey solution, franchisors can be confident every location is running and growing on the same franchise marketing software. Easily view your best and worst performing locations, filtered by metrics such as geography, average order value, number of appointments, and more. 
Keep tabs on your entire business and individual locations all from one place. Check them out today at thrive.com slash features slash franchises. And thanks for listening to Social Geek. We're here to help you get yourself ready for the comeback of a lifetime. This is the Social Geek Radio Network.